But good morning, Creekside. For those I haven't met yet, my name is Nathan, and I have the blessing of being one of the pastors here. And honestly, it really is a blessing just to look out at all of your faces. I know some of you, and I don't know some of you, but I hope that in time, you guys feel a part of this family and join the membership class, get involved, help us in the backyard. But I want to share with you guys this morning something a little more personal and something that I have struggled with and been really thinking about for a while now. But this week specifically, as I prep for this sermon, it was just right there on my mind over and over again. I want to share with you guys about the power of words. And words are really interesting because they have the power to build up, but they also have the power to tear down. And it's interesting because words and how we share them leave imprints on people. But why? Like, why is that true? After all, words are just words, right? Well, in seminary, uh, I learned a lot. But one thing that I learned is that a professor of mine truly believes that words are just words. And words only have the value that you give them. And I thought this was really interesting because I think we all understand this statement, right? We all understand that, yeah, you know, like a word only is a word. It's only in the dictionary and it only has value if we give it value, right? But living that out, on the other hand, is a whole different story, right? Words have the power to encourage, motivate, make us insecure, haunt us. But speeches filled with powerful words have given armies abilities to conquer cities that they never should have been able to. And yet at the same time, a words of an adult to a child can shape that child's mind with courage, doubt, insecurities, and fears. And to be honest, we all have different scripts that we have in our own minds that are on repeat daily, whether positive or negative. And these things that we believe about ourselves, these things and these scripts have been molded by the people around us. And words do matter because the things that we repeat to ourselves on a daily basis will become who we are. And we often let the words of other people or the fear of the thought of what other people will say or do define us and what we do. But that is not how we are meant to live. In fact, there's a Bible verse in 2 Timothy 1.7 that says, We have not been given a spirit of fear, but of power and of love and of self-control. And this is a gift from God. We are meant to walk in the victory of Jesus Christ. And when we let the word of God, this very book in front of me, when we let it define us, we can walk with courage. We can walk with victory into any situation. Because this book, it calls us saints. It calls us loved. It says that we are forgiven and free. This is a God and his very words that is victorious and glorious. And that's why today we're going to talk about this statement, if my clicker works. 
that God is glorious, so I don't have to fear what other people think. And this is a powerful statement because if you think about the word glorious, glorious by definition is having a striking beauty or splendor that evokes feelings of delight and adoration. And when I think of glorious, I honestly think of victory, right? We think of glory on the battlefield or glory in a sports game or glory in our own victory in life. And I think that when we look at God in this way of him being glorious, it is about the small victories, but it's also about how God has been faithful. He was faithful throughout this book, and he continues to be faithful. And when God says something, he is faithful to complete it. And when he does, that is a victory. That is glorious. And when we follow God, we don't have to be afraid of what other people say and do. Because God is with us, and he is faithful, and he is glorious. And I wish, I really wish that the words that are spoken in this book, the powerful words of God, I wish that we could write it on our hearts. I wish we could write it on our minds. I wish that this would be our guide in our lives. But the truth is, we listen to the lies and speeches and words of other people far more than we actually listen to the words of God. We let the words of other people define our confidence, define our insecurities. And yet I wish we could define our confidence by the victories of God and the faithfulness of God. We fear what other people think. We fear what other people have said. We fear, and yet the Bible tells us that we are saints. The Bible tells us that we are loved, that we are worthy. And to be honest, we battle the crap that people have said us to us and that are in our minds with the truth of God. And I want you guys to know that this is not just something that I'm speaking from no experience. This is a daily battle for me. I struggle with different scripts that I have written in my head because I have had some very harsh things said to me that I believe to be true. But I had to try my best to rewrite what God is saying. Like Mark 1.11 says, this is my beloved son in whom I'm well pleased. God says that to Jesus before Jesus did any part of his ministry. And because we are God's children, God looks at us and says, you are my beloved child in whom I'm well pleased. And to be honest, we have to fight these things that are in our minds and the fears that we have with the truth of Scripture. Because with God, all things are possible. And I've had to remind myself to not step out in fear, but instead to recognize that God tells us not to walk in fear, but in courage. He tells us to walk with faith and love. He tells us to walk with self-control in any situation. Whether that's in our thought life or in a conversation or situation that you know you need to face, but you are afraid. We need to understand that we can walk in the fact that God is glorious, that God is victorious, that his words show us we do not need to walk and be afraid. Because if God is glorious, we do not have to fear others. And so as we open the Bible today, I want us to come with expectation to hear the truth of the word of God. 
I want us to come from a place of going, yes, God, I may be afraid of this, this, and this, but I need the truth of your word to wash over me. And so today we're going to look at a psalm that is a proclamation of the fact that God is our light and our salvations. So if you have your Bible, go ahead and turn with me to Psalm 27. Psalm 27 says this. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat my up... Let me reread that. When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war rise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I asked of the Lord that will, that will I seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me upon high. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. And I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Israel, when I cry aloud. Be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger. O you who have been my help. Cast me not off. Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me in a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they battle or breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord. God, as we enter into your word, I pray that you would calm our hearts, our bodies, and our souls. Lord, I pray that, uh, to be honest, the anxiousness that I feel right now, that you would take it. Let these words be your words, Lord. I pray that we would be open to what you have for us today, that we would recognize, God, the fact that you are glorious means that we do not have to fear others. I pray these things in your son's name. Amen. So if we look at this psalm, we take a look at the very first verse. We see, one, that God is the light of our light and our salvation, but we also see language of war. 
right? Strongholds, evildoers evil assailing me, people, an army, right? This is all battle language. But we see that the response to all of this is, whom shall I fear? Whom shall I be afraid? It is they who stumble and fall. I will be confident. Even in the face of drastic warfare, we can be confident because of the fact that God is our light and our salvation. But we also see a theme of how God is ever present with us. That when we need him, we can seek him. When war rises against us, when there are doubt and fears, when things happen, all we have to do is take one step towards him. Seek after him and God shows up. He will help us be in a shelter in the day of our trouble. Though an army may surround us, we don't have to be afraid. In fact, it says that we can shout for joy and sing and melody to the Lord. We can sing when things look like they're falling apart all around us because we know that our salvation and light is from God and he is the creator of the universe. We don't have to be afraid. And we also see here that, sorry, the clicker is being a little funny right now, guys. There we go. See if it stays. It doesn't stay. Hold on. We also see here that when we cry out to God, he answers us. When we seek his face, he shows up. And in verse 10, I really like this verse because when we think of our parents, we sometimes view our parents and our relationship with them as we view our relationship with God. And so if you didn't have the best parents, let this verse be something that speaks to you. Though your father and mother may forsake you, the Lord will take you in. God wants you to be present with him. And honestly, if you have the most amazing parents ever, think about this verse. Tell them thank you. Tell them thank you for being an image of who God is in your life. Because this is beautiful. When we think of war, the fact that in this section of singing praises to God, seeking shelter in God, there's a mention about our fathers and mothers because that should be the safest place we feel. But God says, even if you don't feel safe there, I will take you in. I will make sure that you feel safe. In the next set of verses, 11 and 12, we see that God also encourages us to seek him because he teaches us. Can we click to the next one? There we go. We see that when we call out to God and ask him to teach us, he is faithful to show up even when we have adversaries against us, even when false witnesses have risen up against us, when people have lied to you, when people have lied about you. We don't have to be afraid of stepping out because of what others may think. We need to be faithful to what God calls us to do because even if false witnesses rise up against us, it is okay because God is faithful. God is glorious. God is victorious. And we can walk in that confidence. And we see in verses 13 and 14 that we can wait on the Lord. We can sit and dwell with him. That we can get strong by being with him. That we can be encouraged by just sitting before him. And I really like this last section because it talks about how when we wait on the Lord. Nobody likes waiting, 
right? Nobody likes waiting, but when we wait on the Lord, we are strengthened. We are encouraged because it is God who goes before us. And all we have to do is be faithful to take one step towards him. All we have to do is be faithful to seek the next step because we don't know if it's going to work out. We don't. By our standards, we, it might not work out, but obedience is not based upon the outcome. It's based upon stepping out in faith and being willing to say, God, this is yours, but I will take one step towards you. I will seek you. And a really cool thing that I read about Psalm 27 this week is that this is actually a psalm that people sang, right? And don't worry, I am not going to sing it to you, okay? I love you all way too much to put you through that, okay? But I read this week this quote. It said, in singing Psalm 27, God's people have a way of not simply expressing confidence in God, but of cultivating that confidence for the widest range of challenging life situations, the psalm uses several synonyms for enemies, giving it the concrete setting of a faithful person beset by those who would destroy him with bloodthirsty, deceitful means. Yet, this is one who can trust God in those circumstances. And if they can trust them in that, if you can trust God in those circumstances, you can trust God in any circumstances. This psalm is a reminder that no matter what we face in life, no matter what enemy we face, no matter what giant we feel is so big in our lives that we have no control over, that we have no idea what to do, that God is ever present in us and he's just encouraging us to take one step towards him. And as we learned last week, we have tremendous value in God. When we look at the birds in the air, God takes care of them. How much more valuable are you. God cares for you. He cares about the situations you find yourself in. And when I think of this psalm, I actually think of the person who wrote it. <laughs> David is the author of this psalm, and I want to say David is no stranger to hardship, to war, to being surrounded by insurmountable odds, to being in situations that would terrify even the bravest of us. David was not a perfect man, but in many stories that we read about him, he had faith and courage to step out in amazing situations because he knew that God would help him conquer anything. And so we see that David had a history of conquering giants. He, he conquered a lion. He killed a bear. And there was actually a giant in the story as well. But I'm going to summarize his story real quick so you get a preview of why this type of man would write a psalm like this. See, David was tasked with taking care of his father's sheep. His one task was to keep them safe and make sure they were cared for. And so in this story, we hear that a lion comes after these sheep. And so David, instead of being afraid and being like, all right, well, it's just a sheep, like my life's more important. He goes, no, my role is to keep these sheep safe. This is what I've been tasked with. I'm going to go kill that lion. He kills the lion. He then has courage when a bear comes to go and face that bear, all the while not saying, yeah, this is about me. I just killed a lion and a bear, right? No, he makes it about God protecting him. He makes it about how God called him to take care of the sheep so he will protect them. And I love this because I've lived in the woods I've seen bears. I didn't want to walk towards them. 
right? Like what person would in their right mind be like, okay, there's a bear. I'm going to walk towards them. Sometimes I do because I just want to see the wildlife. But when it's late at night and it's dark, and this happened, I was walking to camp once and a bear walked across the path and I went, no, I'm just going to go back to my friend's house. They can drive me back to camp. Forget it. Nope, I'm not doing this. But David recognized something. He recognized that he was tasked with taking care of the sheep. He said, this is my job. This is what I have to do. And I will be faithful to this job because I know God will protect me. So he killed the lion. He killed the bear. He gained courage and he gained confidence in the fact that God would provide victories in his life. And then we see another story come up where David takes food and supplies to his brothers who are at war with another nation. And he approaches the war and he hears a giant on the other side of the war, the other nation, just screaming insults at God, screaming them, telling somebody to come and face him. And David's like, what the heck, guys? Like, how come none of you are brave enough to go face them? And his brothers make fun of him. His brothers say, there's no way. So David says, I'm not going to listen to you. I'm going to go and tell the king that I'm going to face this giant. He goes and tells the king and the king goes, ha ha, no way. Like, there is no way you can do this. And David is confident in himself because he recognized what God had done. And he recognized that God would do it again. And so David, in his confidence, says this to the king. 1 Samuel 17, 34. Let's see if the clicker... Can you guys click to the next slide? There we go. 1 Samuel 17 says this. But David said to Saul, the king at the time, Your servant used to keep sheep for his father. And when there came a lion or a bear and took a lamb from the flock, and I went after him and struck him and delivered it out of his mouth, and if he rose against me, I caught him by his beard and struck him and killed him. Your servant has struck down both lions and bears, and this uncircumcised Philistine shall be like one of them, for he has defied the armies of the living God. And David said, The Lord who delivered me from the paw of the lion and from the paw of the bear will deliver me from the hand of this Philistine. And the story continues. And David goes and faces this giant and he kills the giant. He gives victory to God. He gives glory to God. Even here, as he killed those bear, the bear and the lion, he gives victory to God. He didn't fear what other people said to him. He did what was right. He didn't listen to the doubters. He recognized what God had done and that God would protect him because God had already protected him. And now I'm not saying that David is perfect by any means and we aren't perfect either at all. And that's why we can relate to David. But at the same time, we can walk in a way that is similar to David. We don't have to fear what other people say or what they do or what the world around us says is appropriate or what the world around us is trying to tell us how we should be as Christians. Instead, we need to look at the word of God and say, this is the most important truth in my life and I will pursue it. I will seek after him. David knew that he needed to abandon the outcome and take one step forward in faith. And that's what we must do as well. Now, I'm not saying that we should all go look for a giant. 
right, and just face him like, yeah, Nathan said at church that I, I need to be like David. I'm going to fight you. No, don't do that. That is not what I'm saying at all. But we all do have different giants in our lives that we need to face. We do. Maybe it's a strained relationship with a parent, a friend, a child. Maybe it's a conversation you know you need to have, but you are terrified to have it. Maybe God is putting something in your heart to start or volunteer, and yet you're terrified to do it. Or maybe you've kept a soundtrack of all the negative things that you've ever had said to you. And it's just on repeat in your head. God is bigger than any of the giants you have in your life. Whether you believe your giant is small or big, God is with you in it. You do not have to be afraid. For me, as I've already shared, uh, an interior talk of mine is that negative self-talk. And honestly, guys, it's, it's paralyzing at times. Uh, the words of people, uh, you know, you're not meant for ministry. You're never going to achieve this. You're not going to be good enough. You're not going to be this. You're not going to be that. You can't do this. You can't do that. I used to um, repeat those in my head as a motivation, right? Like, I will prove these people wrong. I will show that I can do this. I will show that I will do this. And yet, it, what started as like a workout motivation became a tape that I was hearing with my family. And then it became a tape that I was hearing at work. And it became this tape that was defining my life to the point where I felt paralyzed. And I had to recognize the fact that actually this is not loving people at all. Those negative self-talks are making me bitter towards people. They're making me not want to step out in courage. They're making me not want to talk to anybody because what if they say something and they're on the tape? That's not love. That's not thinking the best of my brothers and sisters. That's fear. And yet, God is glorious so we don't have to fear others. And that's why I believe we must replace the lies in our minds with the truth of Scripture. The truth that God calls us not to have a spirit of fear, but of power love, and self-control. If God is our light and our salvation, whom shall we be afraid of? Because if God is glorious and we seek after him, he washes our minds, he washes our bodies, he washes our souls. And no matter how dark our thoughts are in our minds, the light and truth of Jesus Christ will penetrate through it. If we are willing to seek him. In the book of James, there's a Bible verse that says this. It says, submit then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. Wash your hands, you sinners, and purify your hearts, you double-minded. I love this verse because that first section... Submit yourselves, therefore, to God. Resist the devil, and he will flee from you. So we see when we take a step towards God that the devil will flee from us, but we also see when we take a step towards God, we begin a journey of where God is purifying us, where God is cleansing our hands, where God is helping us not be double-minded. Because when we draw near to God, he is our glory. When we draw near to God, he is our victory.
And we don't need to define who we are by the actions and words of others. We recognize that God calls us his holy children. He calls us saints. And so we can walk in the glory of God because that glory is what washes over us. And that's why if God is glorious, we don't have to fear others. Because God is with us in every situation. No matter what your giant is, all you have to do is be willing to have a moment of courage and step towards it. Step out in faith, knowing that God will catch you. Knowing that obedience is not based on the outcome. It's based upon your one act. And so I don't know what in your life you may be afraid of right now. I don't know. It may be that you're afraid to confront someone. It may be that you're afraid to forgive someone. It may be that you're afraid to ask for forgiveness because you know you've done something wrong. Or maybe you're like, no, I really just need God to wash over my mind with the truth of Scripture. Or maybe, with the season we're in politically, you're afraid of a nuclear war happening. We can't control that. All we can do is recognize the fact that our God is glorious, that he is the creator of the universe, and we just need to be willing to take a step to seek his face, to let him wash over us with his truth. And so as the worship team comes back up, I want to remind you all that God is bigger than any fear you have, and he calls us not to have a spirit of fear, but of power, love, and self-control. And so as the worship team comes up, I'm going to read Psalm 27 over you guys again. And I want you guys to take this moment to close your eyes and actually put your fear in front of you. Name your fear and recognize that God is with you in it. So go ahead and close your eyes and I'm going to read Psalm 27 one more time. The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? When evildoers assail me to eat up my flesh, my adversaries and foes, it is they who stumble and fall. Though an army encamp against me, my heart shall not fear. Though war arise against me, yet I will be confident. One thing I have asked of the Lord that I will seek after, that I may dwell in the house of the Lord all the days of my life, to gaze upon the beauty of the Lord and to inquire in his temple. For he will hide me in his shelter in the day of trouble. He will conceal me under the cover of his tent. He will lift me high upon a rock. And now my head shall be lifted up above my enemies all around me. I will offer in his tent sacrifices with shouts of joy. I will sing and make melody to the Lord. Hear, O Lord, when I cry aloud, be gracious to me and answer me. You have said, seek my face. My heart says to you, your face, Lord, do I seek. Hide not your face from me. Turn not your servant away in anger, O you who have been my help. Cast me not off, 
Forsake me not, O God of my salvation. For my father and mother have forsaken me, but the Lord will take me in. Teach me your way, O Lord, and lead me on a level path because of my enemies. Give me not up to the will of my adversaries, for false witnesses have risen against me, and they breathe out violence. I believe that I shall look upon the goodness of the Lord in the land of the living. Wait for the Lord. Be strong and let your heart take courage. Wait for the Lord.